Hi, this is John Walton, voice of the Washington Capitals, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. So, like, in my Marvel MCU uh, rewatch, I-, I would say Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was had the biggest turnaround for me because I did not like it that much the first time, but that really was colored by who I went and saw it with and all the people who were telling me how great it was, and those people were dicks, and, like, I didn't want to like the movie. But, like, this second time around, man, it really, like, it really struck a nerve. And, um, yeah, it's definitely my... It's it, it, I, I would say it's easily in, like, my top five now for MCU movies. So... Was it, yeah, was it Kurt Russell? Like, you just really got enraptured in his hair? Or well, whose mean, hair was it? That's what I need to know. Because <laughs> it was is, obviously hair. He is the most handsome, obviously. No, but, like, I love that it deals with this very sensitive subject for Peter Quill, where it's like, I don't know who my dad is. And then we find out all of this backstory. He's like, hey, I heard that uh, some human was able to hold an infinity stone and survive, that must be my kid. So, like, all of a sudden, Peter Quill it now has this lineage, and he's not just just some douche, you know, with a, with a Walkman. It, it, was, it was just kind of a cool thing, but then you start learning about his dad, and you realize his dad's a piece of shit. And, like, especially when they're talking about that song, Brandy, he's like... Oh yeah, your mom. It was your mom's favorite song, and blah blah blah. He's like, but you know, you gotta understand. He loved Brandy, but he loved the sea. That's my real love, and like trying to use that to to basically like coax Peter into understanding that like, hey, there's this bigger thing that we're trying to do. Oh, and by the way, we're just gonna destroy all life uh, in the universe and make it us. You know, it, it, we're gonna consume everything. But then like, because the other issue I had was like they were trying to make Yondu, like, Yondu was a douche in the first movie. And you don't really get any context for that. But in the second movie, they do it. And credit to James Gunn. Like, he does it really subtly. At the beginning, he's you know, they're talking to the Ravagers. And the Ravagers are like, yeah, you know what, uh, Yondu, uh, fuck off, dude, because of the things you did with kids. And you hear that, and you're like, oh, Yondu, what the hell, dude? And, like, that colors your perspective on him, too. But then you find out all the things that he did. He did all of this good, essentially, to protect Peter. And he realized what he did was wrong. And, like, in the very, very end, instead of being, you know, the selfish like, pirate, basically, he sacrifices his life to save Peter. And he says to him that line, like, at, at first that line made me roll my goddamn eyes. He's like, he may have been your father, but he ain't your daddy. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But, like, the second time around, it got me. And, like, that scene where they're playing the um, Cat Stevens song, Father and Son, like as the Ravagers come to give him the Ravagers funeral, like that was just such an awesome scene. And like the movie is just like really, really well shot. Like the music is perfect. Like all of the visuals are really, really stunning. Like it's very bright colors, very vibrant. And like, it just, it really like hit, hit the chord. I actually, I didn't like guardians of the galaxy. The first one, as much as I did the first time, but I liked the second one way more. So they kind of balanced each other out in a way. Hmm. It's a really good, uh, encapsulation of what makes that movie good yeah that and like i love when yondu basically tells rocket like hey dude i get it you're a scumbag i'm a scumbag that's why we push everybody away from each other from ourselves and like they're having that they're having that conversation 
um, as they're watching the Ravager funeral. And Rocket's like, all he wanted, you know, he, he pushed everybody away. Like, he stole those batteries. And Peter looks at him, and he's like, well, I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, everybody got it. There was no, like, dense moment. And then, like, even in that end when um, Mantis... Um, Drax basically admits to Mantis. He was, he was just like, no, you're beautiful on the inside. Like after being like, no, you're horrible and hideous and ugly. (laughs) Which is hilarious because it's obvious that she is attractive on the outside. So I don't know. It it just, um, I don't know. I know how popular Drax is for me. Sometimes like he definitely hits sometimes, but sometimes I kind of, He's a little cringy for me. Like, he's just on the border of too cringy on some of his lines. And I don't think it's Batista's delivery or anything like that. Like, I think he's giving the delivery that he's supposed to for that character. But in the first movie, I was like, ah, the everything's literal kind of thing is hilarious. And now I'm kind of like, all right, I get it. I get it. Um, but that, that was the only kind of downside to me. What do you think about Nebula and Gamora? Like, do you like that evolution of the story? Because that, that that's a pretty decent part of that movie as well. Yeah. I did. Like, first off, um, I don't know what it is about Nebula. Super attractive. Don't know why. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not not Karen Gillan. Nebula. <laughs> yeah. No. If if Karen if Karen Gillan was like, um, like, hey Mike, what's up? You want to uh, spend some time? And be like, um, you got the the blue swim um cap, because um, if you don't, it's just it's not gonna work. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just like yeah, like the overall like I love her character because like it's there's that like that sibling rivalry that's going on but like it's it's worse it's like fucking tom and jerry and sh- it, it was, no it's like itchy and scratchy from the simpsons like trying to kill each other <laughs> and then like in the end they're just like let's just be sisters you know it's just like okay after you tried to murder me with a spaceship like it's just like it's so over the top but like i guess when that's the way you've been doing this for so long like it's yeah, I mean, because at one point, doesn't she say to her, like, um, you always had to win. You always had to win. I just wanted a sister. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's and like it shocked me that people were knocking those characters in that movie. I remember them saying they were like, um, Zoe Zaldana didn't have anything to do in this movie. I was like, Are, did you not see the same movie I did? Because that was a huge scene between her and Nebula. Well, and I, so, yeah. I appreciate that her whole arc wasn't just hanging out with star lord the whole time you know like the whole movie is about different forms of family there's the sisters over here there's the dad and son over here there's the groot and rocket kind of best friends non-biological family that you can i mean that's the whole premise in the basis of the movie and i love that everyone had these different avenues the the drax and mantis kind of maybe they will become a family in some form who knows like you know it's it's I love that they kind of just took different f- avenues of what family could be. And um, I like Nebula's story arc throughout the movies. You know, I think she has one of the nicer story arcs and, and no one really talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's she's also got probably one of the most intense scenes ever because I was watching the um, I was watching uh, Infinity, Infinity War. War. I, I always confuse Infinity War and Endgame. I was watching that, and she's basically getting, like, taken apart and tortured. And, like, I'm watching it at night, right? And, like, I have it the volume turned down for the most part, and I have captions on just so I don't have to have it turned all the way up. 
And she starts screaming in that scene, and Sandy comes running out. She's like, oh, my God, what's happening? And I was like, oh, I'm just watching um, Avengers. And she's like, the fuck are you watching in Avengers? What is happening? And I was like, I'm torturing somebody for information. It's, yeah, I'm going to put my headphones on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, guys, we got the uh, the triad here. We got the Triforce of Podcasting Excellence for another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We meant to talk about this last week, uh, and we ended up going off uh, on a side track, uh, side quest, as it were. Um, that ended up like bearing some fruit, too. We had some pretty uh, intense conversation about um, some of the stuff that's going on in the world with like social media and with uh, celebrities and the way we handle it and the way we respond to it. But because of that, we didn't get to talk about some really big genre-related news. So we will be getting to that today. I swear. I promise you. I'm not going to say we're going to do it and then not do it. I swear. We're going to no talk about this. this no detours this time. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the recent news. And it hasn't been like locked in yet. But right now, there's a lot of talk that we might see Michael Keaton reprise his role in some sort of way dealing with Batman for the Ezra Miller-led Flash Flashpoint uh, movie that's going to be... Uh, coming from dc we're also going to talk about um i don't even know where to go with this we'll just we'll see how this how this kind of plays out too we're going to talk about the uh the allegations of what happened on set uh during the reshoots and finishing up of justice league when joss whedon was running the show because at first you're just like ah there's no big deal um because you know he's got a pretty good reputation but then you dig a little bit and you start seeing that that reputation isn't as sterling as you thought so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then I think, I mean, who doesn't like the random question generator, right? Like we, we got to answer some random questions because those are always fun. Those always go off in some interesting, uh, some is- interesting branches for sure. So, okay. Not only that, we're going to have a fourth person joining us for the podcast. Let's go ahead and add him in right now. You know him. You love him. His name is James Rambo. We'll give him a chance to introduce himself once we do the intro. But tonight, the lineup is myself, Mike Lunsford. We've got Steve Monick. We've got MC Brooks. We've got James Rambo. It's another episode of GGR Pirate Radio, and we are starting right now. started does anyone want to get out you run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery yeah what do you do what do you do you act like it's a playground beat up the bullies with your fists you throw them in jail everybody calls you a hero right and then a month a week a day later you're back on the streets doing the same goddamn thing so you just put him in the morgue you goddamn right Thank you. 
a refuge for great geeks Cause round here we don't gatekeep We don't care for the hate speech That's why we ain't mainstream So we linked up on the same team No heights we can't reach We are fan, we're hearts true If you feel the same, sing along too Say great geek, great geek Refuge, refuge Great geek, great geek Refuge, refuge Don't be a juice bag Cause round here we don't do that Don't be a juice bag Cause round here we don't do that Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and welcome to The Great Geek Refuge. It is another wonderful podcast here. We call it GGR Pirate Radio. Um, I already mentioned myself. I am one of the co-founders of The Great Geek Refuge, but I've got the guy who was instrumental in founding this website with me. Uh, you know him, you love him as well. His name is Steve Monick. Mike provided the idea, the good looks, and the hard work. I'm also here. <laughs> We've also got the newest member of the hosting. Uh, uh, I don't even know how to term it. Like he, he's he's now a host of the podcast. Um, but just because he's the newest does not mean that he does not bring a whole lot of talent with what he's doing. Because he's also got his own show. It's called The Overflow. He's got a music career as well. He's pretty dope. He wrote the goddamn theme song. You just heard it. Wasn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. I listen to it like all the time. It's like my alarm clock when I wake up in the morning. His name is MC Brooks. Is it? Is it? Am I still new? If it's been a year already, because it's been a year. Has it been a year? I feel like it's been a year. It's yeah. probably been more than that. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably. Uh, but well, I'm just saying I, you are the newest member of the host crew of the three of us. So. Well, that, that's that's yeah that that's that's also fair. You know, when um, we get into, like, season seven and we have to bring somebody on for ratings, you know, like Cousin Oliver or something like that on the Brady Bunch, then, yeah, then you'll no longer be the newest. <laughs> but. Fair point. Fair point. I'm just saying, like, Juan Soto was one of the newest nationals, and he hit how many damn home runs in the World Series run? I'm just saying. like. Also also true. Yeah. This is also a much better intro than what I was going to say. So. <laughs> well, there you go. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, we also have joining us again for another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. You know him as well. You also love this man because if you don't, you're wrong. His name is James Rambo. Greetings and salutations. Hooray! So, guys, we talked about Batman a little bit last week and then talked about a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to talk more about Batman, but we're going to go into a different category specifically. And, MC, I want you to kind of grab the reins on this because you shared this with me initially. And I think. Because you tend to have most of this information before I do, I, I consider you kind of like my DC slash CW Arrowverse expert. Um, tell us a little bit about the news that we heard about what's going to happen with Ezra Miller's Flash movie and the the kind of surprise announcement of who may end up showing up in that movie as well. Right. So anyone who's familiar with the 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 Flash the the Flashpoint story if you've seen the the movie or, or read the comic in some form you kind of have a general idea of kind of what what happens you know Barry Barry goes back in time save his mom completely fucks up the timeline so on and so forth right so uh when, so when they announced that they were going to do this Flashpoint movie like so many of us were wondering like oh like how are they, like why are they doing this for the first film? Shouldn't you set up Flash and and then do Flashpoint as like a sequel or something? No, no, no. They're 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 going to do Flashpoint, and it seems like they're they're kind of going all in. 
And it's funny because a, a day or two before uh, what I'm about to say uh, came out, it was rumored that, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was going to reprise his role as Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint movie. But then lo and behold, literally 24 to 48 hours later, we get some oh shit level news <laughs> in that Michael Keaton of the 1989 Batman fame, um, Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise his role as Batman to actually show up within this Flash, not as Thomas Wayne, but as the same Batman 30 years later. I'm stoked. Like, that's all I'm going to say. Like, I had had Michael Keaton not done a, a, a fucking killer job as Vulture in Homecoming, in Spider-Man Homecoming, maybe I would be like, all right, this seems kind of like you're, you're really grasping at straws here. But, like, this just seems like such a good idea. And, like, the fact, like... I understand that everybody is well, not everybody. Well, and we'll talk about that too as we kind of go roundtable. Mm-hmm. But like, my only concern is that they're using Flashpoint in the same way that the X Men use Dark Phoenix, and that they're going to the well too much with the story already. Like everybody likes it. It's 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 a it's a fantastic concept. But like, just like I felt like it was too early in the new X Men movies that they were doing to go to Dark Phoenix. Is it too early for them to be going to Flashpoint? But at the same time, too, if you think of it as, like, brand new Flash, like, Ezra Miller's just learning his powers. Oh, I can go back in time? Oh, snap, let me try and do this. He does that, and then it becomes, instead of a, I've been doing this Flash thing for a while, and now this thing happens, it's, wow, I really learned a horrible lesson in not fucking with the timeline um, really, really early in my career as a superhero. So that that's just kind of right. my take on it. Um so- so yeah, so I mean, there. I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, I would have much preferred, I would have much preferred to, uh, for I, I would have much preferred this to be like a sequel kind of film, or maybe even the third film where you could then bring in the other actors in the same way that they did for like Captain America: Civil War, where you brought in the other Avengers. It's still a Captain America movie, but you have everyone else there. And I think with this, I think with this, I think with this, uh, with this movie in particular, um, I mean, it's probably better that they're gonna make it a a, a more self-contained story, just because even though it's a it's a it's a flash it's a flash movie. I mean, if you're bringing in uh, Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot and, and and everyone else, then you you run the risk of overshadowing Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller in his own film. Um, and, and so if they, from the sounds of it, they're just going to keep it as kind of like a real, like a self-contained story. Like, uh, there's rumors that, uh, Cyborg is, is going to, uh, Cyborg is going to be part of, is going to be part of this in some way, because if you remember from, from Crisis, uh, when Ezra Miller's Flash showed up, uh, he, there was a, a throwaway line in there that really wasn't a throwaway line when he references that. Cyborg said this was impossible when he was fading away from yeah. CW Barry's, uh, or was fading away from the Speed Force. Yeah. And so, I mean, there, I mean, there's an obvious story here. I mean, you can easily do it as Cyborg and Flash are trying to figure out this time travel thing, and in actually figuring it out, 
he ends up in the speed force ends up in this alternate this alternate universe where you know michael keaton's batman has been ha, has been batman for the last 30 some odd years and and the world is is very different like i th- i think there's a story or th- there's a way there's a way that there's a way that this could work because yeah. and, and i can actually use this to tie in the uh, another thing um, then I can uh, give it over to Steve Rambo, which is that uh, reportedly th- it's not even a like a one film type of deal for Michael Keaton. They actually want to bring him in to appear in multiple films, not to sh- not not to become uh, the new DCEU Batman, but kind of kind of be like that Tony Stark mentor or yeah. Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne mentor type of type of role where uh you, you you're going to see him suit up in in flashpoint for for certain but uh there's talks that they 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 may transfer they, they they may even do it in a way where he's kind of like uh the kingdom come batman where you can see the wear and tear from the 30 years between the first film and now you can see the the the, the what 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 the the toll that is taken on him and that reportedly that you know they they may look uh to to have him cameo uh in flashpoint they may uh, they they may use him to launch the batgirl movie that they're they're trying to that they've been kind of developing uh for a while now and then also having him maybe perhaps appear if they do decide to do a uh, batman beyond movie perhaps down the line because with the with the Batman Beyond stuff, uh, they're they're not even going to touch that character until after uh, Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman trilogy is already done. So you you'd be looking at like eight, nine years down the road if they decide to do that using Michael Keaton's Batman in that role. Then, but in the meantime, having him kind of be that hero mentor for Ezra Miller's Flash, and then eventually for uh, Batgirl whenever they decide to introduce her. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting though, like that, that's the route they want to go. I mean, again, I'm for it, but like that, that's putting a lot of faith in Michael Keaton to kind of fix your shit, you know, like it's, (laughs) yeah. But I mean, if you think, if you think about it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a smart move because I mean, Ezra Miller is, is huge, but as a name by himself, he's only going to draw, but so many people. So in in some in some ways you're also gonna get you're gonna get a lot of people completely reinterested in your universe because you're bringing back a Batman that they actually like a nostalgia Batman you know because yeah. like yeah um Steve what's your take on on this man like are you excited about it you think it's a bad idea well um I'm a little mixed on it but not not in a bad way so I mean um the kind of fan version of me loves it because I love Michael Keaton as an actor. I think he does a great job. There's uh, very few things that I've seen him in that I, I've disliked. Hell, I even liked him in the movie White Noise. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that I've liked Michael Keaton in. Um, he's kind of a, a native of the area, so maybe I'm a little biased. Um, but then I think <laughs> about, like, where exactly in Flashpoint does old, not Thomas Wayne, Bat- like Bruce Wayne Batman you know because it, it may and maybe my my memory is 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 off here but there's regular age batman flash goes back in time bruce was killed 
Thomas Wayne is is Batman now, and he's the old, you know, gruff, super aggressive version of Batman. Um, and then when Barry kind of resolves things at the end, we don't have like an old Bruce Wayne. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how they do that. I think MC is right on. You can't do a Flashpoint movie and then go, okay, in the first, you know, 45 minutes, we're going to establish what the world is. And then we're going to change all that. And the rest of the movies are going to go off of these other dovetailing like timeline. Like it has, it's going to have to be a self-contained thing where by the end of it, he, you know, runs so fast that he fixes everything. And when we come back at the end of the movie, you know, I, I don't think much is, is going to have changed. So to your concerns about like Momoa or Gal Gadot, like they're going to be, I think, the alternate timeline versions of those characters from from the book and they're just going to have little cameos as those kind of like i don't say evil versions but like warring you know kind of badder versions of themselves and i don't think we'll see them very yeah. much but i'm very I don't interested even think they'll to do see that the... I, I, say, I, don't, I don't even think they'll i don't even think they'll touch that at all just just because for for people who are unfamiliar with flashpoint it's going to be they're, they're going to be so confused as to like why this is even happening. And if they're going to keep it self-contained, it probably wouldn't be best because they would have to devote a lot of time to, 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 to showcasing Gal Gadot and, and and, uh, Jason Momoa, just so people understand like the magnitude of why this is even happening. I mean, I just assume they'd be kind of piggybacking off of two of the most successful DCEU movies of Aquaman and Wonder Woman and relying on the fact that like, at least we know who these characters are. There's a good chance that people seeing a flash movie have seen those two movies. And then we can do a little bit of narration about some kind of war. Like maybe Barry watches like a news broadcast or, or some oh, kind yeah, of yeah. junk. You know what I mean? They, they could do, you're right. But it, you know, it, it's, it would be a heavy dose of spoon feeding exposition, I think to, to set that up. But I was just trying to think how they could cameo though, cameo them in without it being overwhelming and taking away from, from the flash part of flashpoint. Right. But back right. to my original point, I'm very, very interested to see what route and what part of the timeline and how they plug Keaton in organically uh, to, to the story. Um, it, it could go a lot of ways, a lot of positive, a lot of negative, and I'm just interested to see the route they choose. Rambo, what's your take on this, bud? Uh, I'm always excited to see Michael Keaton doing anything. Um, Michael Keaton, more, more, more Michael Keaton is Batman. That sounds awesome. Um, but I don't think that that exists in a vacuum. And I think that using Flashpoint as the first Flash movie is a horrible idea. Um, I think this is right up there with, um, well, with doing a Justice League movie without having really established all the, uh, all the individual heroes. <laughs> um, I remember initially when the DCEU was, was making their announcements about who was doing what Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were attached to the flash uh, and they were they submitted a treatment for it with an eye to direct, and I can't remember what exactly the timeline was, but it was something along the lines of either they left Flash to work on Solo, or they were working on Solo, and when that got canceled, or when they got that got fired from that, um, 
then their Warner Brothers thing fell through, whatever it was, everybody who was involved with getting rid of the two of them on any project is an absolute moron and needs to be fired immediately. Um, because they're the only two people I can think of that would have been able to create anything that made any kind of sense and have any kind of real appeal to particularly to a large audience um, with that story. Um, The, this is up there with starting with flashpoint is like giving Watchmen to someone who's never read a comic book before. If you don't have the proper context, (laughs) it doesn't make any goddamn sense. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm, I'm very divided on this. Like I, I'm all for seeing more Ezra Miller flash and I'm all for seeing more of these actors play these characters. I hope they're well-written and well-directed. Um, but yeah, flashpoint is high on a list of terrible ideas, um, with how best to approach this. Do you guys remember when they were going to do a Greenland, a green arrow movie a couple years back called Supermax? No. Yeah. MC, you remember that? Not really. So there was a script that was floating around for a while called Supermax, and it was going to be a story. Um, this is this is I think I think predates uh, 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 Arrow as a TV series. Um, it was going to be uh, uh, Green Arrow locked up in the like he's he's been uh, you know framed for some crime and he gets locked up in the supermax supervillain prison in star city. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and that was going to be how they introduced not just most of a new DC universe, um, but how they introduced the character of green arrow is they were going to bypass the origin, um, or at least, you know, have that be like flashbacks and things. Um, and just like throw you right into the middle of it. And Matt Damon was apparently the front runner to play Ollie. Hmm. Um, and I, mean, I could was, see that after Jason Bourne, I could see him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it was. It's like he's, he was super hot coming off the Jason Bourne movies. You're like, oh, yeah, you can do all this crazy action stuff. Um, we're, yeah, you're, you're going to be the Green Arrow. Uh, and even then, I was like, really? We're just going to we're just going to jump right in, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll know what the hell's going on. So let's let's do it. Um, and of course, it fell apart. But. Green Arrow was one of the properties that was being really heavily uh, worked on. And that's how you end up getting, to some degree, the, the Arrow series as it stands. Um, it, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, Origins over and over again gets a little tired. But at the very least, you should whet the appetite of people. Like, The Flash now is a character that a lot of people are familiar with, particularly with the TV series. But the versions of the characters they're going to be exploring aren't those characters. Like there is no Cisco in, uh, uh, in this movie version, or if there is, it's going to be a different actor. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, this seems like a decision made by a suit and not made by a writer or a director, um, or a creative in general. Uh, I, (laughs) I was throwing uh, out buzzwords, basically. I heard that Flashpoint's real good. Let's do that. No, that's exactly what it is. Like, Flashpoint was, like, that was the the event that launched uh, the the, the New 52. And, like, it's become this really super popular 
uh, uh, story. And I honestly, I don't really know why. Um, huh. I was, I was going to say, I wonder if you looked up like the highest selling flash storylines, it's gotta be up there, right? Oh, I'm sure. Excuse me. I'm sure. <laughs> I was just thinking like when you said like a suit, I, I, I almost feel like that's what well, they did. They just type clack, 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 Google highest selling flash. Sorry. Something called flash point. But, All right. That's what we're making. <laughs> but, but you know, you know what else it could serve for too? Every most of the movies to this point in the DCEU have not done well, so yeah. this could be their way to reset the universe, and 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 this way now you can reestablish characters the way you want to establish them. You can reset storylines. You can you can kind of wipe yeah. that first Justice movie, Justice League movie, and the events of Batman vs Superman from existence, and and you know kind of reference a reference the events of those movies being totally different than what was presented and 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 uh, <clears throat> excuse me and and now this is how you could reintroduce Henry Cavill's Superman and 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 make that make the Man of Steel franchise whatever you want it to be going forward yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i and it's it, bold too i mean if you think about it like yeah it, it's not the like the safest bet, but like you do that. And I mean, they're no longer playing safe and honestly, like playing safe and doing things the old school Hollywood way just wasn't working. That's true. But I, I don't think they've earned my, uh, my trust in experimentation. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I enjoyed Aquaman. I enjoyed wonder woman. Um, I really dug Shazam, but None of them really blew me away. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. I, I'd say probably Wonder Woman was highest on that list, um, but it's not without its problems. Uh, and the idea that I, uh, I, I should, you know, kind of throw them a bone. Not, not saying that's what y'all are saying, um, but just the, the concept that you know, like, hey, well, let's see what, we got, what they're gonna do. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they haven't they haven't earned it. it, yeah. it, it and 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 what this what this is right now is if they if they manage to screw this movie up, it just goes to show that the people in charge haven't learned a damn thing. Because when they uh when with Shazam, for example, it seemed like they were less focused on making sure Shazam was part of the DCEU and just focused on making sure the story was actually good. Like mm-hmm. telling a telling a good story surrounding this character, and it turned out to be a really good movie that probably would have done better if Endgame wasn't coming out three weeks later. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, that's the thing I think about the D, the real, in my opinion, uh, at least, of course, the the difference between the MCU and what DC has been doing. The MCU has done a much better job of attracting non comic book fans. As opposed to what the DC movies like, I think like my wife and I went and watched um, Winter Soldier together and like that's a good comic book movie. That's a good movie movie. You know, what I mean, like there's twists right. and turns. You don't have to be like, so this guy had some kind of super soldiers here. Like none of that matters in the story, but it just adds extra depth and layering to the quality of that film. And I think Shazam was kind of a, a step to that where because of the comedy aspect that was right. the first thing that pulled in a lot of non-comic book fans. But I try and think about, like, Donna Justice. You know what I mean? Like, who the hell is that bringing in that really uh, isn't already a Superman or Batman fan? Angry you white know. dudes. 
Well, sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like, as far as uh, normal human film fans. No, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, like, that that movie was relying really heavily on um, on Ben Affleck. Uh, on, on recognizability of Batman and on Affleck's name as a bankable star. Yeah. Um, and having the big three finally all on screen together. You know, Soup's Wonder yeah. Woman and Batman. Yeah. Like, well, like, we're finally going to see it. Who cares? The yeah, fact yeah. that they they uh, uh, the fact that it's like there hadn't been a new new Batman movie in how many years um, before Man of Steel dropped, and the movie still called Three years, I believe. Oh, was it that long? Was that recent? Okay. Um, yeah, you're like talking about years. yeah yeah Batman versus Superman. Yeah, before before Superman, it was what was it? Superman Returns came out in. Oh, no, I I just mean uh. Um, before Man of Steel had came out, uh, how recent had a Batman movie dropped? It was, was it three years. It was that uh, the the last Nolan film. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like, even with, I I think my point still stands in terms of uh, even with it being that short a time, um, Man of Steel dropped like a year and a half beforehand, uh, maybe two years, um. And the movie's still called Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, they still went with the name recognition of uh, uh, of the character that wasn't in the spotlight as recently. Um, so, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's, it's... You know what I, I think happened with that, too? Sure. What's Because I, I, think, I think what they probably were planning is... And, and, and it, it, they, they were really hinging on Christopher Nolan taking over their wider cinematic universe because they courted him after that last Batman film because they wanted they originally wanted to use that to kind of springboard their wider cinematic universe and, and Nolan really wasn't interested in, in doing that. Like they courted him extra heavy uh, even after Man of Steel because uh, they, 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 they wanted his input for, for, uh, for Man of Steel. They wanted to get they, they really wanted to use that as a springboard and when that kind of fell through Instead of just changing the plan, they just kind of stuck with it. Because doing a Batman versus Superman movie wouldn't make sense if you're using like Christian Bale's Batman. Man of Steel comes out, and then you're going to make them clash. Versus, sure. ver- versus now you're you're introducing a someone else as Batman in this universe who has not been previously established in in the three bat in the three the, the Nolan trilogy. And uh, you, you're like you, they're trying to do too much instead of just instead of focusing on setting up the Batman within within this universe. Like you said, they were banking on Ben Affleck's name and you already pretty much knowing who Batman is. So even though they did decide to dedicate like the first 90 minutes to kind of a Batman origin anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> which, which they had to do. They right. had to do in order to. Uh, um, to really set up that character, and it, oh god, how many times are we going to see the fucking Waynes get killed? Um, <laughs> as beautiful as that version was, been yeah. there, Which done it, that, right? It, yes, it was right. very pretty. Um, the one thing I'll give Snyder for that was it happens within like two minutes and it's done. Like it's over. It's not it's like the movie doesn't keep isn't isn't. Uh, uh, well, no, that's, that's not even true. I was going to say it's not even, it's not constantly refer- referencing that. But it fucking is. Um, yeah, That's ugh, the only God. reason they stop. They stop fighting for fuck's sake. Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honestly, though, side um, side note for just a second, a quick uh, like one of the best jokes that came from that is when they started talking about how there's going to be a uh, Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that they're going to stop fighting each other because they're going to find out that both of them know Mothra. Mothra, why do you say that name? (laughs) God, that fucking movie ruined my goddamn day. Um, If if the trailer that I had been shown was the movie that I got, I would have been so happy. There are so many interesting, like, philosophical explorations you could have with, you know— how does a world exist with a character like Superman, particularly like a like a realistically set world? And instead, it just ends up being, oh, Superman is very strong and he's mad and he's mad. So he's going to he's going to throw you to try and like, oh, that guy took his girlfriend. Oh, you pick him up and he's going to throw him through like nine buildings. You're like, fucking <laughs> Batman's right. Kill that guy. He's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I still contend that be- that movie would have been better received if they didn't put Doomsday in the trailer and just let that be an in-theater reveal. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, just not use Doomsday. <laughs> or th- or that. There's I also mean, that. Yeah. Or, or pick an actual Lex Luthor and not the Riddler as uh, Lex Luthor. God. I, you yeah. know what? I will be in the minority. I like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I dug that. I, li- I like the idea, if nothing else that a tiny skinny little dude hates superman like looks yep. at this oh, yeah. like mark Adonis, hates, yeah and <laughs> is like fuck that guy he <laughs> is gonna fuck up my social media campaign so bad oh, i have to man. kill him <laughs> also and, and like you know uh, what what a lot of, of of these fucking nerds have said it's true the director's cut is a better movie hands it's down <laughs> it's not a good movie but it's certainly a better movie. Um, yeah. Uh. What are we talking about? Flashpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do we get here? Well, well, if if we switch just a little bit, would, would, how how do you guys feel about the other part of the news, which is potentially launching a a Batgirl franchise? Great. Cool. I'm down. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's do it up. Bring it. <laughs> like it's, it's like it's like a five out of ten on my radar. That's it's fine, but I'm not, you know, going crazy over it, right? Yeah, my I'm not, I'm not smashing yeah. windows over that one. Yeah, for sure. My question is more. All right, so which Batgirl, and to what degree? Like, I think, I think you have a, a steep road ahead of you if you're gonna go. Okay, we're doing a Batgirl movie. Oh, do we have an established Batman and an established Batman world? No. Oh, well, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think that you know, as as much as Batgirl can stand on her own, at the end of the day, she's still part of the Bat family, and the Bat family is Batman, and then everybody else. Um, I think you need. I, I think the smart play is to have established, you know, who all these characters are before like, who, who the foundation of, of, of this, this, this franchise is before you start doing spinoff stuff. And this kind of feels like, so I, <laughs> this feels like doing uh, a, a Frasier reboot without doing a cheers reboot. Like <laughs> you, you, 
<laughs> you, you like, yeah, there's, there's, there's precedent for it. Like we know who the character is to some degree. It's in, it's in like the pop culture zeitgeist, but uh, so who, what? <laughs> like, I, 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 I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, I, I, if it were up to me, I'd like to establish Batman and I'd like a Batgirl and Nightwing like buddy cop kind of that would movie. be fucking dope. That, would be, that would be great yeah it's what what we're kind of seeing with all of this too is like they're, they're so concerned about playing catch up and they're so concerned about it being a competition and like what's getting lost in this is good good filmmaking mm-hmm. because name off name any of the dc eu anything new we're saying anything no past nolan's batman stuff that was a good movie. Not a good superhero movie, a good movie. And and you're hard-pressed. Man of Steel was sort of on the right track for the most part, but, like, it still wasn't great. It was okay, you know? Like, it's worth a watch. Like, it's one of those movies that if it's just on on, like, FX or something like that, and you happen to walk past it, you're like, oh, cool, he's smashing another building. Up oh, there's him and Zod killing more people. Like, it's... It is what it is. But, like, it... They're so Marvel's just living rent free in, in, in DC's head right now. <laughs> and it's it's a damn shame because the characters lend themselves to good story and good movies. And like just make those, man. People will come see a good Superman movie. People will come see a good Batman movie. They'll see right. a good Flash movie. Like the CW has proven that. That's their that's their biggest character. You know? Do a good Flash movie. But like they're so focused on like let's add in all this extra shit. No, you don't have to. Just make a good goddamn movie and then they've the rest taken, will figure itself out. They've taken all of the worst lessons from the MCU. Yeah. In terms of oh, okay, so it's gotta be one big universe. All right, great. Then we'll just here, here here's all these characters thrown together. Well, yeah, but you should really take the time to to establish who everybody is and develop on them on their own. Like Endgame and Infinity War do not work independent of the MCU. If you come to those movies, having not watched those movies, not watched the, at least some degree of the previous 20 plus movies, it's just fucking violent, crazy bullshit. Like there's just a lot of crap going on. Um, with, with like no real development for things. And that's because they're the payoff for a decade's worth of filmmaking. Um, and Warner Brothers looked at the money that, that Marvel was making, and they're like, oh, people want big, violent people, like like big, like superhero violence in tights and bright color, and no, not even bright color, because they, they didn't learn that shit. Um, <laughs> Make everything they, they, overcast and raining yeah, and dark. They, yeah. 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 yeah, here's how here's how we'll we'll differentiate ourselves. Don't stop. Just fucking stop it. Don't quit trying to 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 like, you know, make your own mark on this. If you make something that's worthwhile, like like what Mike said, if you make something worthwhile, people are gonna come to it. It might not yeah. happen initially, but it's gonna happen eventually. Like, hey, I'm excited to see this Black Adam movie. That sounds cool. How long is that gonna take? <laughs> like, you know, if they were smart about shit. They would have been developing like Black Adam would have come out within a year of Shazam, but that's not going to happen. 
because they don't know what the fuck they're doing, which is hysterical because they've been making movies almost as long as movies have been being made. Yeah. And I'd like them to pick a lane and kind of lean in. You know what I mean? Don't don't make the same characters do things that don't make sense. Don't have Superman breaking a neck, but then also joking around while he's fighting Steppenwolf. Like, I, I want you to that, – that's one of the things I, I have liked about the MCU is consistency. If they're a silly character, they're silly. If they're a serious character, they're silly. And then you get some nice gems where – you know, like a Tony Stark knows how to ride the line, you know, silly when it's supposed to be serious when it's supposed to be. Um, and, and I'd like to, you know, because the DC has some pretty dark stories in its history and I'd like them to know when to go with the dark tone. And I'd like them to know, like, like Shazam I've mentioned was, was perfect because it was light and comical and there's nothing wrong with having those in the same universe, but I'd like to see them go with the right tone consistently and I think it goes to your point of like, just they don't seem to know what they're doing, despite the fact that they've made movies for quite some yeah. time. For some reason, when you put a cape on a guy, you just kind of forget how to the, the basics. Right. And, and I don't understand that. And, to a large you, degree. Good. I was going to say, and the sad part is if they just go and look at their animated universe, they appear oh. to know how to make a damn good film with good, consistent storylines and characters. Yeah, Dude. it's <laughs> it, it just reminds me of every like Warner Brothers in general reminds me of every 80s movie or story you heard about companies in the 80s where it's just like, hey, there's this legacy company that's existed for years and done all this great stuff. And who's in charge of it now is some young punk with a bunch of coke like it and just dumb decision after dumb decision is made. That's how I picture Warner brothers right now is it's just like stupid decision after stupid decision. Like there's always Coke involved for some reason. And like <laughs> Michael Douglas shows up and it's just like, no, we need to do this. Cause greed is good. The fuck. Okay. All right. Let's make another flash movie. Wait, we haven't even done a flash movie yet. It, it's, I, it's don't get me wrong. Disney wants all of your money. Um, the thing that think the, the big difference between, I think the way Disney approaches things and the way Warner Brothers approaches things is Disney is smart about playing the long game. Disney is going to do things like, Oh, you, you bought a, a Blu-ray. Great. There's a little code in there and you can enter that code on this website. And if you get enough points, um, you, you, and you get points from the code and when you get enough points, you can get free stuff from us. And people go, Oh, Okay. And Warner Brothers is like, give me 20 bucks. <laughs> All right, now give me 20 more. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to go stream some stuff. Uh, <laughs> like they they they're finally starting to get their shit together. Like HBO Max, I would say, like it's not as big a a, a a reveal as Disney Plus was in terms of like fanfare, but it's the superior streaming service. The only thing that Disney has going for them that HBO doesn't is original content, at least initially. But if you're talking about like overall catalog, HBO Max has Disney Disney Plus beat hands down. But they weren't advertising that shit the way they should have. Don't get me wrong, they were advertising it, but not to the to the degree it needed to be advertised. They weren't pushing things as far as they they uh, they should have been. Um, there's there's a degree of short-sightedness that again is very surprising 
from a company that's been around this long and has been this established. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, I, I mean, this rarely happens when companies get bigger. Um, but I'm hoping that with, uh, what is it? at and uh, with AT&T making this purchase, um, there's going to be some smarter moves on the horizon. Um, their, their inability to, to, you know, uh, like Steve said, pick a lane and just like, and just commit yep. is going to be, you know, biting them in the ass for a long time to come. And, and like, fuck Matthew Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn was being talked to about a sequel to Man of Steel, you know, years ago. That would have been fucking fantastic. And yeah, uh, nothing's come of it because you know uh, people don't people don't like uh, people don't like Superman movies. And you're like, well, that could be it. Um, could also be that you made a Superman movie that was like a Batman movie. Because um, you, I mean, like, yep. you, do you 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 remember or do you know why Man of Steel happened the way it did in terms of its tone? It's 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 Nolan, but it's specifically from when Batman Begins came out. When yep. Batman Begins came out, and was successful immediately, like within months. Warner Brothers was taught. There were reports from Warner Brothers talking about how, like, oh, people want dark shit. No, it they wasn't want dark Batman. Oh, people because... want dark shit if it makes sense for the character. Uh huh. Again, they they take all of the wrong lessons from things. They they don't look at because again. It's people who are worried about the money coming in, not who are worried about how to make a good product. Right. And the the sweet irony of that is, if you do the latter, you'll get the former. It's not, it's not a one-to-one. It's not always guaranteed, but it has the tendency to work out that way. But yeah, like the, the, fa- the fact that Warner Brothers didn't look at M- MCA and go like, oh, okay, we're going to do that exact thing with our characters. Is it just blows my mind? Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah. yeah, it's. I want to talk about that because this ties in perfectly with Warner Brothers because it really ties with the second part of the story that we want to talk before Steve has to get out of here. Um, the tragedy of Snyder's daughter passing away and him having to drop out of Justice League is. Unprecedented. I mean, like that. I can't think of another instance where a big name movie like this was in the midst of production and something like that happened, and they had to find a replacement director to finish the movie. That being said, with all of the issues that were going on, I mean, I feel like you, Whedon, did a fine job. You know, the movie still sucked, but whatever. Um, what's troubling is the news that we're hearing now, and. What's really troubling is that there's a lot more to this story that's not being said. And I mean, how much do you guys know about? Is everybody kind of up to date with what's going on and, and what's been announced? Like the the um, as far as what Joss Whedon was accused of doing on the set, they can't really. I, I, MC, did we get like a solid like this is what he did? There no, there's no there's no specifics. Uh, most the, the the most that I've kind of seen or read about it is that a lot of the behavior was just towards uh just towards the actors and stuff like while filming and also like uh uh like nasty behavior towards actors if they weren't fans of particular things like uh that that 
the scene that I've I've mentioned a few times on in the in the group about how uh, Gal Gadot did not want to shoot that scene of the Flash uh, landing on top of her in the in the Justice League film, and so uh, you know Josh Whedon made a like a big deal out of, deal out of it, and then ultimately just ended up getting the stunt the uh, her stunt person to to film the scene. Who also didn't want to do the scene, as confirmed as she agreed with Ray Fisher's comments the other day. Yeah, and not only that, the guy who was the stuntman, uh, stuntman for Batman, same thing. Um, you're getting basically all of these other people that worked on this movie essentially agreeing with him, saying that like, yeah, we're we're kind of with Fisher on this, and yeah, it's. Is this even? I mean, at this point, is this even worth discussing since we don't have any confirmation as to what happened? I mean, for uh, I, well, I, could, I should have went into more detail. It's it's like it it would be it, from what it sounds like the little bit of info that's that is out there. It, it sounds like uh, like actors not getting adequate time between scenes to even prepare for scenes. Like, do you remember uh, when we discussed season one of Iron Fist and it's like they were they would be rehearsing stuff like five minutes before shoot filming. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Punch, punch, kick, punch, punch, kick, punch, throw. Right? Got it? Yeah, within a half hour of shooting, he would be learning choreography. Learning choreography. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, so from the sounds of it, it would be stuff like that. And when when, uh, members of the cast and members of the crew had had suggested, hey, maybe we should see if the studio will push the release date back so that we can have extra time to properly prepare – and properly film re- film these reshoots, and Whedon ap- apparently like wasn't with it, and just insisted on like being like going as hard as possible to 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 do this stuff. And so like whereas you may film a scene like ten to fifteen times, so you have various versions of it when you're trying to figure out what to use for the film. They're 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 it's uh, we'll shoot the scene once or twice and then move to the next thing. So, I, hmm, all right. I grew up on on weed and stuff. Like we're actually rewatching Buffy right now. Um, so I've been I've been a fan of that guy for a long time. Ultimately, I don't. I'm not surprised if he's an asshole in the slightest. Um, nothing about his work. Uh. uh really precludes him from being such um part of me wonders how much of and 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 i don't i i am not dismissing what ray fisher or anybody else on that set had to say about what joss whedon and him being a dick i'm sure he was i believe it a hundred percent um he was in a really unenviable position he was brought in to finish a movie and, and not even, it's not even fair to say finish to effectively like take disassemble a puzzle and then reassemble it with new pieces as well. Um, which is incredibly difficult. Uh, he was brought in (laughs) the, the, the guy who has become close friends with the entire cast and crew (laughs) has just been, has just left or been fired or whatever the fuck. Like, there's all manner of conflicting reports about that. Um, 
the the thing that I've heard most consistently and is more, most likely is that with you know he he as he left obviously we know he left because of 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 his child's uh, suicide, um, but Warner Brothers wasn't willing to wait, um, so they were like, all right, well we're gonna get somebody else and we're gonna move forward. Uh, the cast was not preclude like th- th- it was not. I'm not surprised peer, to, to begin with that anybody who was going to come on that set was going to be welcomed with open arms. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, it was always a super fucking complicated situation. Uh, I'm inclined to believe that Whedon probably did the best he could with what he had to some degree. I do think he's probably still a dick. Um, and it's, it's, you know, but he's also got a job to do. He's got a job to do. Exactly. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, he has been hired to do a specific thing and he's going to do that specific thing. Um, and if he makes friends, I mean, like shit, they ended up being happy on like, uh, like after the fact. But if you look at interviews with Tom Hardy and Charlie's Theron about Fury road, they hated each other. Everybody on set was fucking furious with everybody else. No one was happy with what they were doing, except for like a lot of the stunt people. It was called because nothing made, Nothing made any fucking sense. And then they saw the movie and they're like, oh, shit. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> um, but, you know, what does this mean? Does this mean that George Miller was abusive or abrasive to people? Maybe. Um, maybe he also had like and, and, and I'm I'm certainly not trying to 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 put Miller on the same level or waiting on the same level as George Miller in terms of like, you know, the sort of codified genius that you get from that movie. Because, like, I enjoyed Justice League. It's not a great film. Um, it's not, like, genre-defining in a way that Fury Road is. Um, but I can see, you know, you know, there. it's not uncommon for directors to, to you know, to not make friends on sets. Um, and I think that there's a lot of stuff that... I think there's a lot going on that we're not privy to, obviously. Because yeah. um, it's all and, like coded conversation to you. In what yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, people aren't really being, it, it's it's very vague. It's very much, um, you know, this guy who came in to replace my friend wasn't nice to me and decided to make the movie he wanted to make instead of talking to us about it. And I was like, well, he didn't have the luxury of months of pre-production to really sit down and get to know everybody and to, to collaborate. He wasn't there to collaborate. He was there to finish a film. Yeah. That's it. And it wasn't his movie. It was somebody else's movie. So to what degree is he supposed to give a shit about the original director's vision? I don't know, man. Yeah. I just think it's a huge fucking mess. And the fact that anything that coherent came out of that at all is a testament to everybody that worked on it. (laughs) Um, so, but yeah, I, I I absolutely believe that he was being an asshole to probably everybody on set, but to some degree, I I'm not surprised, and and I and and to a, to an even lesser degree, I don't really blame him. Yeah, Steve, what's your take on this man? And then I know you got to get out of here. Yeah, no. So quick quick point slash joke about what Rambo said, where he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if Joss Whedon was an asshole. I'd be like, go ahead and just drop Joss Whedon out of there and put in brackets 
any Hollywood director, actor, producer, so on and so forth. Like at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if any person yeah. turned out to be kind of a secret scumbag. But you know, Tom that, Hanks. that's Tom Hanks is the only one that would really surprise me. <laughs> He's unimpeachable, but everybody else. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and and it. The only point to me is it's interesting is um, that particular scene about Flash falling on Wonder Woman. I'm like, yeah, that's the hill you want to die on. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like hackneyed somewhat joke. You know what I mean? Like there's a billion ways to show like, ah, you know, guy with puberty level, uh, you know, social emotions and stuff like that. And there's a pretty lady around like you have to do that and you're going to like kind of force people into doing that scene to the point where you're making people upset. It's just surprising me. It's like you couldn't adapt off of that one thing, that joke that you're trying to make. But by and large, I agree with like 99% of the stuff that, that Rambo said where it's like, dude kind of got put in a completely unenviable, almost no win type of situation. And if you got to get the job done, you got to get the job done. To me, it's just like maybe get the job done by taking that scene out or adapting it slightly to not piss everyone off. But I'm more of a build bridges kind of guy. So that's just my mentality on it. Yeah, I, I, I think we all kind of are on the same page with this one that like was this. Yeah, like you said, was this the hill to die on? Like, no, guys, he has to fall on Wonder Woman. Otherwise, none of this works. None of it. None yeah, of it. No, Steppenwolf's plan doesn't make sense if the scene doesn't happen. <laughs> and I, I absolutely agree in terms of like, dude, you you could you could have changed that. The the one caveat I'll give though is, what were the arguments about everything else that led up to that? At what point was he being questioned about every decision he was making? Yeah. By everyone on set, and he was like, you know what? Fuck that. No, this is happening. You're going to either be in the scene or you're not going to be in the scene. But Flash falls on Wonder Woman. You decide if you're in the costume. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. Arguing about the scene wasn't really arguing about the scene is your point. It's more about I'm the the director. You need to listen to me now kind of thing. Probably. But again, I don't fucking know. And like I, I and unless somebody else has has like, you know, unless there are like new reports to come out about specifics. I am ready to eat crow 100% about this. Um, but I'm, I, I can't say I'm surprised that there was any kind of friction at all, let alone um, that, you know, he was in particular being rude to people or abrasive with people. Yeah. MC, you were going to say something. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. You're, no, you're uh, well, uh, one of the things I was going to add in, I mean, th- there are other rumors of things that perhaps have happened on set. I didn't mention them because I, I couldn't really find anywhere outside of Reddit that to to kind of verify that this is a thing that may have happened. Like I saw the the Gal Gadot Ezra Miller. Like I saw that a couple of different places. But there's rumors of other stuff that perhaps may have happened. That I I don't know if it's true, so I don't want to just say it on air. Um, but I, I think in Ray Fisher's case also that he also has kind of a personal investment in this from the perspective of. Cyborg had the most story, had, like mo- his entire story arc was essentially nerfed from Joss Whedon's film. Like uh, all the all the stuff with um, a lot of stuff with his mother and his backstory, and and a ton of other scenes involving the mother boxes. Like there's there's a lot of stuff that essentially got nixed from the movie 
movie that probably directly uh, affected the cyborg film that they were trying to eventually set up that doesn't look like it's going to happen like at, at any point in the future too. So like from, from his perspective, I, I, I can kind of under, I, I, I can understand it from, from two perspectives. One, if Josh was being an asshole on set and two, him being an asshole on set directly affected his career. Cause it hasn't really gone anywhere since justice league. And it was supposed to build to this, bigger thing for the for the character that he was portraying and it just never manifested yeah no that sucks that's fucking awful um i wonder how much you know because what what was the runtime for justice league uh it was cut down to like an hour they want it was like under two hours because they they for some reason uh when they brought joss in they decided to instead of uh keeping the like kind of two and a half hour time uh, two and a half to three hours runtime. They cut. They essentially cut all the cut all that down because uh, the the studio wanted a film that was going to be under two hours. Yeah, it looks like it, it was it was like a minute over two hours. Um, but still, like you know, 121 minutes. That's that's not a short film. Um, I wonder to what degree, like that, and like the 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 direction that Whedon starts to go. Um, with what he thinks the movie would uh, should should be gets either um, derailed or inflated with including more of the cyborg backstory or any backstory, but just the, the just the, the character overall. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't fault anybody for being upset about how anybody else's act on that movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it it it's a fucking bummer that Fisher didn't have more to do. And the the other thing too with with all, with with uh, with this particular situation too, is it's also brought a lot of light to other transgressions in Josh in Josh Whedon's career, uh, not like not even just involving this. I mean, you you had uh, the article uh, his ex wife wrote a few years back, basically saying that he was using his his feminism to sleep to sleep with other actresses or to sleep with. Uh, uh, actresses over the course of, of his film career there was the the the, the thing that happened with um i can't remember the 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 woman's name charisma something charisma she was yeah charisma carpenter where she was you know apparently fired and, and written off of buffy when she became pregnant in real life and uh, you know a lot of this stuff coming to light like i i think with a lot of that stuff kind of coming to light like Maybe there's just been like, I feel like maybe there's been a pattern of stuff that maybe a lot of people just weren't kind of privy to as far as who Josh Whedon is. I mean, because, you know, many of us in, have enjoyed his work, whether it was in TV or, or with Marvel or, or elsewhere. And with all this stuff kind of coming to light, I know for me, like it kind of it kind of it, it makes me and maybe, maybe this is unfair, but it kind of makes me believe ray fisher a little bit more just because it's it's not like you know there hasn't been other things that have come up that people have have held against joss whedon that maybe the wider public at large were kind of unaware of because i was unaware of this other stuff uh until i started seeing what people were saying about him after ray fisher said something the other day kind of a where there's smoke there's fire yeah kind of thing i believe it 
Yeah, like it's, I, I don't know, man. Like I think, like Steve said, uh, you know, insert in brackets here. This person is a piece of shit in Hollywood. Dude. Like it just doesn't. Like yeah, everybody is at this point. You know, like like it's. I don't I don't know, man. I'm I'm over it all at this point. <laughs> like it's which is a bummer because there's probably yeah. dozens and hundreds and whatever number like of of amazing upstanding people who are using their fame for 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 good influences and aren't secretly behind the doors like creepy sex perverts or real jerks or whatever you know what i mean there's and you hate hearing these stories because then it kind of paints a whole group of people with a negative brush uh which which sucks but just it seems like every day there's a new story about someone who secretly has been a butthole and i hate hearing about it yeah it's I mean, it, it really leads credence to all these Harvey Weinstein stories and stuff, you know, like it, we've all known about it for years. It's just now that it's becoming a thing where people are comfortable talking about it and, and kind of. Yeah, like it, it's become it's become a thing and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, because like, honestly, the truth needs to be. The, the the light of truth needs to be shown on on this these these dark things that these people are doing. So, um, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and wrap up episode uh, one of tonight's podcast, and we'll jump into the random question generator for the second episode that we're going to be recording tonight. So, guys, I want to thank all of you. Uh, that's MC Brooks. That's Steve Monick. That's James Rambo for joining us for this lovely conversation about Batman and Joss Whedon being a tool. Um, <laughs> As always, guys, I appreciate everything you guys have to say. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into episode two here next. But uh, thanks again for all of you out there listening. Hey, remember, when you're out there in public, wear a mask. Don't start fights. It, it, it's going to end up on the Internet and everyone's going to like have some like snarky name for you where you're going to be like Costco Karen or something like that. So just wear it. <laughs> just wear a damn mask. Um, wash your hands. And as always, don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!